Good afternoon or good day, good evening, good morning, depending on when you're watching this or where you're watching this. Uh, and welcome to the first ever of the Demolition Daily. Uh, just to give you a quick rundown on some of the things we're going to be covering today, um, I've got a list, as you can see, very high tech. I've got it on paper. Um, Demolition jobs, the resurrection of demolition jobs to help people um, that have been left unemployed by the COVID virus. Um, I've got a, a call in from uh, Despe in Italy, uh, which you really need to listen to. Details of uh, the PPE campaign that's being um, pushed at the moment by uh, the guys over at Cantalon. And then we've got some other news as well. But before we get into the, the, the real crux of the actual post show itself i wanted to give you an idea of, of exactly why i'm doing this and, and the thinking behind it we do find ourselves in in fairly unprecedented times here um here in the uk and across the world with covid19 nobody really knows quite what the outcome is going to be so my plan basically is to try and keep people informed and entertained um and i i figured the, the, the easiest way to do that is to go where where those people are um, we've got a big audience over on Facebook, um, so we're broadcasting this live onto Facebook so that people can join in. But this system, all things being equal, this system will also record the podcast or the, the show that we're, we're producing now so that you, we'll be able to play it back on uh, YouTube and then embed it over onto Demolition News. So wherever you are and whatever you're doing, you should be able to catch up with these shows. And, and really, it's just a, a matter of trying to give a bit of back to the industry. Um, I've drawn my living from the demolition industry for... 20 odd years i guess um been through its highs and lows we've obviously been through the recession back in 2008 which um had it took its toll on a, a fair few companies and certainly took its toll here at demolition news um but we we worked our way through that i think what sets the covid19 outbreak aside from those kind of economic recessions is we have experience of economic recessions um i've lived through a couple worked through a couple um and you know that behind every trough there's usually a peak to follow with something like um the covid19 we're in uncharted waters we don't know exactly what we're likely to get how long it's going to go on quite what effect it will have on on individual people so you know the 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 death toll and, and infection rate but also on the economy uh, and the economic impact on on individual companies so first off Demolition jobs. Um, those of you that have been around for a while will know that back in 2008, we had um, we launched a, a podcast. No, we didn't. We launched a website called demolitionjobs.co.uk. And the basic idea of demolitionjobs.co.uk was to effectively produce a reverse or an inverted um, recruitment website so rather than trying to advertise jobs that were available we were advertising the availability of workers to fill those places um it, it turned out to be very very successful um much to our surprise um not only did we uh, put people into jobs here in the uk but we also put people into jobs in australia america new zealand and places like that 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 website lasted for a good five or six years, I suppose, and then it, it kind of fell into disrepair, partly because the industry had, had come out the other end of, of the recession uh, and also because it then fell foul of, of GDPR regulations. So in the end, I pulled the plug on the website because I didn't want to get into uh, unnecessary trouble for a website that nobody was visiting. But we're back in that situation again. Um, I've 
I've seen an upturn in the number of phone calls I'm getting from um, demolition workers seeking work. Um, we've had lots of searches for demolition jobs on the Demolition News website. So it's obvious that people are being laid off or, you know, they're slightly concerned or even more than slightly concerned that jobs that are coming to an end now um, won't necessarily start with a, a fresh start immediately afterwards. So we've resurrected it, but we've resurrected it in a different way. Um, if you go to demolitionnews.co.uk, uh, uh, demolitionnews.com, sorry, uh, you will see there's a, a post there about demolition jobs. And all we've done this time is, is basically make f- available a, uh, a Google form that you can fill in as a demolition worker with your name, job title, experience, qualifications, and contact details. So when um, other demolition companies come out the other end of, of this COVID crisis, you will be able to, I mean, we will be sharing this right the way throughout, but you know, we will be giving access to UK and other demolition contractors to that information. So as soon as they get an upturn in work, they will have a ready source and supply of, of qualified and experienced demolition workers. And interestingly, this is something I'll come on to in a, in a second. We've actually had a couple of calls today from demolition contractors that are, not only are they showing no signs of slowing down, they've actually got more work to start. I had one call from a, a company today that have got nine sites live today, and within the next couple of days, that will increase to 11. Uh, and they will need demolition workers for that. So, as I say, get yourself over to demolitionnews.com, fill in the form. That form will be logged online. The only people that will see it will be me. Um, and, and then, obviously, we'll, we'll pull it into a database and we'll be sharing that with um, demolition contractors, both here and overseas, in the hope that we can hopefully get you back into work as, as quickly as we can. Uh, it's free. I mean, obviously, it's it's free of charge. You know, it's the least we can do for the for the industry. So, yeah, make try and make use of that. Ultimately, the, the, the main reason for doing this, this show, the ultimate reason for reviving demolition jobs is because we do find ourselves in in very very uncharted waters i i came very fairly close to getting trapped in the states where i've been to las vegas uh, for the con expo show um and the, the americans were, were shutting up shop and and pulling up the, the drawbridge and my son traveled on to los angeles and he got even closer to being stuck um but we're now in the very real situation of you know, potentially get, getting some sort of lockdown here in the uk and I know there's been a lot of news over the past few days uh, with people going out and, and you know socialising in parks and and you know trying to live life normally. I dropped a line late last week to uh, an old friend of mine, Stefano Panseri, of the Italian demolition company Despe, um, basically just to make sure that he was okay and that his family were okay. I've known I've known Stefano for quite some time, and you know he's he's a friend and everything else. <clears throat> the response I got would stop you in your tracks um the details of it are on demolitionnews.com today uh it's it's under the headline stark warning and it really is a stark warning um stefano lives and, and works in italy he is italian as the name probably suggests um so they are further down the curve of the covid crisis than we are here in the uk and, and our listeners are, and viewers are in, in the states and that kind of thing and the, the, the stories that he's telling there are just mind-boggling um one phrase that really stuck out stuck out for me was the fact that he said in the space of 72 hours he went from discussing how they were going to um overcome the economic impact of the covid crisis to working out how his family were going to survive um that's pretty stark um 
he he has asked me. Um, he's, his English is way better than my Italian, but he's asked me basically to say to to put a post up to advise people to read the post and to stop work. Just shut up shop, stop working, don't go to demolition sites, don't go to construction sites, just to shut up shop. It's fairly easy to say, I guess. Um, Despay is a big company, a very successful company. My guess is, you know, they've probably got a few pounds in the bank or a few lira in the bank or euros in the bank. But ultimately, we are talking about lives here. Uh, we are talking about the, the lives of, of demolition workers and their families as well. And one of the things that Stefano points out is the nature of the demolition business in the fact that you get a lot of guys that will travel, you know, men and women will travel to site together in a van together. They'll go for a toolbox talk together. They'll have their break together. They'll have lunch together and, and so on down the line. So the, the all this talk about social distancing is absolutely fine, but it doesn't necessarily apply, and it's not necessarily applicable in a demolition or a construction environment. I've heard today from uh, a company that is basically stopping all um, pre-work briefings, basically just to keep their demolition workers apart. That goes part of the way, but you know, if you listen to what Stefano has to say, it's time to, to stop. Take, take a moment and just stop. Um, it won't be an easy thing to do. There will be economic implications, um, which is why we started the demolition jobs uh, form. Um, but we are talking about, you know, a, a pandemic here, and there's no way around it. We we all need to isolate. I've been in isolation now for best part of seven days, and and you know my job allows me to do that, so no, no great shakes there. But I think we all need to to take a a moment to think about that. Does does the demolition job that you're working on today necessarily need to be finished today, tomorrow, by the end of the week or, or a fortnight's time? Or do you have a client that will actually say, actually, being sensible, why don't you just call it off for a month and, and we'll all go our separate ways and, and regroup once we know exactly where we are? The other point, I, I think, and this leads on to something else that's going on in the industry at the moment is every new infection puts increased strain on the National Health Service here in the UK and on health resources elsewhere in Europe and, and, and the US. We need to stop that. You know, we, We've got a, a large population of vulnerable people, be they um, people that have already got some kind of illness or they're, they're elderly or whatever it might be. And every time we get a new infection, or an avoidable infection because somebody's gone to work when perhaps they didn't need to, that's an additional bed that's been taken up. That's an additional nurse that's been occupied when perhaps they could be doing something better. So please just re go and take a look at the article that I, I've written. It's called a stark warning. It's on demolitionnews.com. It really will make you think very, very hard about um, how we go forward from here. Um, <clears throat> in typical form, I guess, um, I, I, I chart back to, I, I wrote the history of the National Federation of Demolition Contractors 10 years ago, whatever it was, and the, the NFDC was born out of uh, a need to make buildings safe in London out, uh, after the Blitz or during the Blitz. Um, and that, I think, really set the tone. That's what demolition contractors do. They're very, very good at rallying the troops and, and, and working towards the greater good. And it's it's pleasing to note, it's sad to note that we, we still need that, but it's pleasing to note that that spirit still exists. Um, there's a campaign going on at the moment led by um, uh, Paul Klusky over at Cantillon, um, who is basically pulling together as much PPE, so face masks, overalls, goggles, that kind of thing, and giving them to the NHS. 
the campaign has really um, taken off. It's, I know it's featured on a couple of the uh, news portals. We've certainly featured it. I think Construction Inquirer and the Construction Index have both featured it. Um, and I know there's there's other companies out there. There are some that are feeding into uh, Paul's efforts. I think Hughes and Salvage was one of the ones that I, I heard mentioned. But there are other companies that are doing a, a similar kind of thing. C&D Consultancy over the weekend donated, I think, 300 masks to, to their local um, NHS hospital. I've, I've heard literally in the last half an hour, Clifford Devlin are doing something slightly different in that they've got a, a local cafe near to their head office um, and they're paying for breakfast or lunch for first responders, so NHS first responders, which I think is a fantastic effort. It's the least that we can do because these the, the NHS staff are, I think they're hard-pressed at any time, but when you, you find yourself in the midst of a pandemic, it's going to be a whole lot worse. So again, I keep... It sounds like an advert for demolition news. It really isn't, but that's where we tend to put all of this news. You can find out details of the PPE appeal over there. Um, Paul Kluski's uh, contact details are on there. Failing that, you can find Paul on LinkedIn. He's very active there. Give him a call. Drop him a line. If you've got any PPE, even if it's a couple of masks that you can spare from your demolition company, then please do so um, because there are certainly people out there that, that need them way more than we do right now. Um, my my next point, I guess, is the, the likely impact of of the COVID virus and its impact on the industry. Um, I had, <clears throat> I was going to say that the, the sad job of of calling a demolition company that's closed its doors. It is sad. It's always sad when a demolition company calls it a day. Um, although the circumstances in this instance were slightly different, in that it was a a planned a planned closure rather than a collapse. Um, Fourth demolition of today announced that they, the fact that they are calling it a day. They're closing the doors. They've paid all their staff. Uh, the, uh, by all accounts, a very um, generous redundancy package. They paid all their creditors. I guess the equipment will go up for sale as well. So, you know, and, and, and everyone is going away with a smile on their face and their heads held high, which is great. But the the real reason for doing that has been prompted again by COVID-19. Um, I spoke to Stephen McCann at Fourth Demolition this morning, and he was outlining the fact that this is something he's been considering for quite some time. Um, Demolition contractors, by and large, operate on fairly tight margins. I think north of the border, those margins are probably even tighter still. Um, he's had a couple of jobs that came to an end, um, and he's he's basically seen the opportunity. He, his exact quote to me was he, was he was thinking with his head and rather with his heart. So he's abandoned all sort of sentimentality of a company that he's put 19 years of his life into uh, to make sure that he can go away um, safe and secure and that his, his workers can do the same. I, I guess what that indicates is that's the situation we're going to be in. You know, there there are companies that, that might not have the luxury of making that decision in such a controlled way. You know, there, there are likely to be casualties in this, in, in demolition companies that just literally can't go on. Stephen said to me that he's, he, the way that he saw it was he called it a day today because he knew that in two or three months' time, if he'd have carried on, he might not be able to give such a generous redundancy package. He wouldn't have a few pounds in his own back pocket. He wouldn't be able to pay his creditors. So, I mean, obviously hats off to him for, for taking the, the, the sensible approach and the bold approach that he has taken. I'm not sure other companies will have that same luxury. 
Um, so again, if you are a demolition worker that's affected by um, the, the fallout from COVID-19 demolition jobs, go to Demolition News, fill in your details, and, and let's see what we can do. Now, I'm going to leave the banner for fourth demolition up because we'll probably come back to that at some point. But one of the things that that's stood out and I, I think will echo after COVID-19 is under control and we're, we're back to some sense of normality. There's been a lot of talk, obviously, in the in the, the press and online about people that are being compassionate and those that are being selfish. And to my mind, the people that are being selfish, we, we will remember. We will remember that. So where you've got companies like Fourth Demolition that have taken a very brave and a, and a noble decision to say enough, you know, at the moment I can pay redundancy. You've got others that seem to be trying to continue to milk the industry. And I hate to say it, but one of those is the Construction Industry Training Board. Um, they are paid a levy um, by, you know, once you're, once a demolition or construction company gets to a certain size, you start to pay a levy. And rather than putting that levy on hold or giving them some some kind of exemption or anything like that, they've just decided they're going to keep charging it. Given all that's going on, given the, the, the threat to the economy, given the threat to the construction and demolition industry, I just think that's an absolute disgrace. Um, the, the CITB is called into question on a, about a three-yearly basis. For as long as I can remember, there, there's been lots of talk about whether it's fit for purpose. I sincerely hope, and this is just me talking, but I sincerely hope that when, when all of this is over, the industry remembers. You know, Rather than trying to stand by the industry that it's there to serve, the CITB decided, no, actually, we're going to keep making a few quid just in case, which I, you know, well, the less said about that, the better. Speaking of training, and here's how training is supposed to work in, in times of crisis. Um, and it, it will sound like an advert because they are one of the sponsors of, of one of our podcasts. But Pro Trainings, um, company called Pro Trainings, uh, you can find them online. They are offering a free training course on uh, COVID-19, free of charge. It's, it's done online. You don't need to meet anyone. You don't need to shake their hands or anything like that. It's free of charge. They've done that off their own back. They've made that freely available to everyone. That is how you cope in a crisis. That is how you serve your industry, not try and milk it for, for all it's worth. We, we have a situation, obviously, I'm talking about COVID-19. I know you've been listening to part of this and you, you've yep. done well not to fall asleep, so thank you for that. Um, <laughs> one, of, one of the other victims of uh, the COVID-19 crisis it has been uh, industry events, yep. such as Hillhead going back a year, plant works then agreeing to go back a, a year further than that. Yep. Um, I, I've been watching the news at lunchtime today. There's obviously talk about uh, the threat to the Olympics. I know in demolition, the National Federation of Demolition Contractors have pushed their AGM back. I guess it also calls into question their uh, convention later in the year as well. Yeah. That's going to have a major impact on the industry, isn't it? I think it is. I think that the problem that the industry has is is how do we go on from there? But the the solution that I've been talking to people, um, we like like you. I was literally on the same plane as you coming back from, thank goodness, from Las Vegas and Con Expo. Um, but I think the industry will pull together. We've seen a shows cancelled before in two thousand and eight. I think Hillhead was cancelled, and basically what happened then is that we have the same 
response from the industry. Everybody understood that. Everybody got behind the shows when they were uh, brought back. And, you know, we, we got plant works as well as a show that continued. Now, the biggest thing I think people can do is, is let's say, you know, how can we share what would have been shared at those shows? Because realistically, everybody's online at the moment. I mean, you've, you've probably seen your hits go through the roof. This is the reason why we're on StreamYard as well. Um, we've got an opportunity as an industry, as a group, to also share that information with people online. And, you know, I'd love us to see everybody supporting the shows by maybe creating a virtual online experience where we're creating the hashtags we're talking about the stories of the shows especially when they were due to be on because these are things that do need to be talked about there's new technologies new machines there are things that we need to know as a as, as a business as an industry and obviously that these are great shows to be able to network with people and you know that's going to be more difficult but we know when we build our own individual networks that we, we can have people that are talking to each other more. And I think, you know, being on StreamYard, never heard of it before, uh, took your word for it, that it's something that's not dodgy and uh, it actually works, and here we are today doing it. So, you know, there's a lot of effort that goes into these shows as well. And I just want to um, say thank you to the people that have worked behind that and also to recognise those people that are actually there going to be um in, in difficult times at the moment because you know they rely on these shows for their own income you know we know freelancers ourselves and journalists that are heavily involved in those shows and they put their heart and soul into it they work tirelessly to deliver that and you know they've been postponed for a year but so that has an impact on them as well so you know that's important it's interesting. Just by sheer coincidence, I've I've put out a, a podcast today that you and I recorded while we were in Las Vegas. Yeah, that I've I've titled the Guilt Trip, which is talking about my my personal guilt of going to Las Vegas in the midst of you know we're always talking about environmental impact and that kind of thing. And yeah. I think that that really drives it home. I mean, one of the things that really stood out for me in the run up to Conexpo was the fact that uh, Volvo hosted a pre conference conference online yep. you know for two hours yep. and we got to see the new products and all that kind of thing my my concern now i guess is you know by the time two or possibly three years have gone by and we're, we're back into that cycle particularly when you've got a, a bauma coming up do we actually need those shows anymore do or do we just push the whole lot online and and, and that's the way we're going to go forward well, I've witnessed, uh, and what I've witnessed you know, over the last few years is the fact that there is a lot of anti-sentiment towards just being online nowadays, because I don't think we as individuals and as an industry can work without communicating together and also w without seeing each other, because, you know, a brainstorm doesn't work on Zoom. You know, when people are flowing things, that a, a problem solving doesn't work by thinking about, oh, how could that happen? That You've got to be on site. You've got to visualize it. You've got to see it. You've got to share these things. And, you know, what we're getting um, with digital, for example, and I'm really interested in technology and how that helps, is we had a conversation the other day about pegs that used to be on site. Well, the, the construction manager, the foreman of that site, used to be able to see where the road was going. And then you take away the pegs and they can't see it. But we've got machine control now. Oh, my, what's going on there? But actually, 
the guys have caught up from machine control to now have that on your iPhone. So you can virtually see the pegs. Sure. So we've got to we've got to marry technology together with individuals. And if this does go on for a long period of time, we have to start working again, but be more careful. Well, actually, technology can work together to keep people apart, but bring them together at the same time. So if they can visually see the same thing in the cab screen on their iPhone as the foreman or the site manager, project manager, then that's great. So you know, we can't work as an industry without working together. I, I did the fist bump, as uh, not the fist bump, sorry, the elbow, <laughs> the, elbow. <laughs> the, the big elbow, as it were. It's quite sore now at the show. But when I talk to people, and in particular, if we've got to have those conversations like we're having together now, today, at least if we can do that over the phone and we can bring people together and, and share ideas – that's how, what's going to make the industry better. We are going to come out of this. The shows are important. They've been going for a long time because people want to speak to people about their individual problems or solutions or ideas. And then if you get people together, clever people that are in this industry, then that's when the magic happens. What about you personally? Um, you, you and I, you know, we, we rely on being able to get to site and actually take photographs and, and shoot yeah. video and that sort of thing. It's not that easy at the moment, is it? No, it certainly isn't. And I think the the thing is, I guess the what we do is we've gone and done it for a long time, and we've uh, well, you longer than others, and we've got the communities out there that can share. Uh, those images, those things with us. So what I've done in the last sort of week, I've come back, you know, put the trampoline up at the weekend to keep the kids busy, you know, done all of that sort of prep stuff so that I can get on the phone, on the email, uh, be on StreamYard with you to actually get the information from people and put it together so that then we can tell the story and continue to tell the story. We can in the fortunate position that we can create content. And because we've been in the industry for many, many years, we understand the challenges, both from the operator level to the customer level to the OEM level. So that actually, hopefully, when people can go, let's engage with you, with me, with the other journalists that are going to be at home to actually tell the story, we can still do that. And so can the industry. But what we can do is also build for the conversation, for the questions. And like you did there with earlier when I was listening with your demolition jobs, put people together, yeah, you know, and, 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 you know, we, we, we have that privileged position to do that. I've had private messages. I'll take anybody's messages and try very hardest to put them in the right place. But we've got those communities that, that are engaged and people need to just be able to say, look, Let's work with these guys so we can get that information out there. And obviously, bear with us because, you know, there's not hundreds of us uh, that are doing the job. But the ones that are doing the job better, and I've had a conversation about with you already about collective, because in obviously when we're in America, we discovered they've got a collective of their journalists that work together. This is the time for us as journalists to do it. And that's why I'm supporting you with StreamYard and you're supporting me by bringing me on. So, yeah, there's stuff we can do. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that's been interesting from my point of view in the run-up to doing this show, I mean, I obviously, like like you, like any journalist, you get lots of phone calls, but the nature of those phone calls has changed for me over the last two weeks. In that I, I, I get a lot of people that are phoning now for a chat 
just, and I, I guess that's because they've been robbed of you know sort of social interaction. They probably sat there sick and tired of looking at the wife or the kids or the husband, who, or whatever the case may be, and they've decided to phone me and, and bend my ear instead. You know, and I, I, you know, if technology can do anything, it it will help with that. You know, like, like you say with things like Skype and FaceTime and all these kind of things. You know, if that if this if any good comes out of this situation, it, I, I think it will be an, a further embracing of that. Yeah, and I think there's the other thing to remember is without information, you and me are no good. So without people sharing information, sharing their thoughts, uh, like a few people have done, like Nigel, for example, has shared uh, thoughts on my podcast and your podcast, without people talking to us and without us making the time to talk to them, we don't know what the conversation is out there. And it's our job to find the conversation, then find how to broaden that out and actually how to spread the news from one person and one, another person together. Without talking, we can't do that. We can, and we haven't got the capacity to read reams and reams of stuff just like anybody else. So talking's good. Video's good. Online interaction like this is good. Podcasts are great. You've got me into podcasts. I now download them and I listen to them in the car because... Radio 5 Live repeats itself every 30 minutes and can get a bit boring. But You'll equally, find that I do that as well, actually. <laughs> and I don't have a dog to walk, but, you know, I play Pokemon Go, so it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, funny enough, I got you on to talk about industry events, and we were talking about Hillhead and Plant Works, but you, yeah. you, do, you work very closely with the guys at Ritchie Brothers and their auction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and th- th- they are doing their latest auction effectively behind closed doors and, and with an online portal to make the thing work, aren't they? Yeah, and I think that's a real testament to people that are recognising it's a safe environment that people need, you know. And Ritchie Brothers, um, working with them recently, I literally went up to their malt bee yard and, and did some video solo because that's what I do. There's nobody else around. I literally went from my house to there, did some videos, then came back and then edited them. Why? Why would I do that? Because they asked for some help. You know, and also I was able to get that information for them, whereas they couldn't do it themselves because they're busy doing other things, but also they're trying to look after their employees. So when we can do things that are different, when we can do things whereby we are able to self-isolate and deliver, then that's brilliant. I think the point you made there, the fact that you, you can do it and you did it because you could. Yeah, you know, it would be great if you know when when all this is said and done, it would be great if that was the attitude that everyone had. You know, it's as I said earlier, you know, and this is only a personal feeling. It's you know, I don't expect you to share it, but you know, my take on the the construction industry training board sticking with their levies when everyone's facing a, a global pandemic, I think, is is a disgrace. I think the flip side of that is where you've seen companies and individuals rallying to, to the aid of the NHS and that kind of thing. If any, if any good can, can come out of this, it, it will be that, you know, that feeling of camaraderie or, you know, mutual respect or compassion or whatever it might be. And, and I, you know, I, I think, you know, like the PPE campaign that I mentioned earlier, I think that exemplifies exactly the way the industry hopefully will, will bounce back. I think it's reflected really, Mark, in what I'm seeing on my LinkedIn. I mean, I'm very active on LinkedIn, but what I saw is a guy called Kenneth who shared a picture of his sister who's basically worked 42 hours in three days. She had a Tesco bag in her hand and she had a smile on her face and she was a nurse in the NHS. 
I looked at all the people's comments on that. I looked at everything that had come from that. And I thought there are a lot of people out there that have got compassion. There are a lot of people out there that understand that the people that are important and always have been important are the people in the NHS. But I go further. The people that are manning the tills at the uh, at the the supermarkets, the people that are doing the home deliveries, those people that we might not say thank you to, you know, the bin men and women that are picking up our rubbish, you know, these are the people that we take for granted every day. And we worship the people that are the sort of, you know, media, media honeys as it, as it were, or, and, and those sort of areas and the CEOs that, that go out and do the big raw. It's great, that is, but these are the people that are actually keeping us alive right now, and they're keeping the country going. And I think there's been reflection in those comments that actually these are the people that all of a sudden the pennies dropped and people recognise that, you know, I said a little post of mine, I said, just say thank you and smile at these people. Because yeah, I, guess I, what? Nobody does. Well, funnily enough, and I, I know you've got bigger and better things to do than sit here listening to me babble on, but I mean, what, it was interesting that you, you, when you launched your podcast, you, your initial podcast was, this is the era of respect. Yeah. I realised you, you did that at a time when, <laughs> when we didn't know just how vital that was going to be. Yeah. But, you know, it, it is interesting how that's all panned out, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, uh, I use hashtag CWM content with media respect. The reason for that is because I had people that helped me start my business, like yourselves, like the other journalists I work with. They gave me work and people have, have supported me to start my own business and, and others haven't, you know. But what I was thinking about with respect was like think about it you know how do you go every day um and what do you say every day and who are the people that actually make a difference to you and who are the people that sap your time sap your energy and are negative you know we've got to be positive i said again politics to one side folks let's be positive let's say something good let's actually smile and thank people but also let's Think about how we can all work differently because we've got to work differently, but let's work. Let's get up in the morning. I've been busier than ever because even if I think there's nothing to do, there's always something you can do. Yeah, absolutely. Look, Peter, I know, as I say, I know you've got better things to do. I'm going to let you head on off. I, I really so thank much. you for, for, for joining us. Um, hopefully have you back at some point in the very near future. Love to, Mark. Love what you're doing here. StreamYard, it's a new thing. It's great. Um, listen to your podcast earlier. Please, other folks, listen to the podcast. Uh, that'll be great. And stay safe out there, everyone. Please be respectful. And remember, if you've got a real problem, get a trampoline and put your kids on the trampoline because that's working treats for me. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Peter. Cheers. Bye-bye. Okay, well, I'm I'm not going to get a trampoline, but I, I do appreciate Peter's thoughts on that. Um, I, I, it, it is interesting. That he, he's mentioned podcasts a couple of times. Um, I think at the moment, I mean, we're certainly seeing a, a spike in in views on the website, um, uh, uh, interaction on our um, various social media areas, Instagram and Facebook, and all those kind of things. Which again is is why we're doing this very podcast or this show today. Um, 
but I, I think the podcasts are a, a key one. Um, if, if, if you are stuck at home, there's an awful lot of content out there that's free to consume. You can listen to it while you're walking the dog, playing on the trampoline if you're Peter, um, and it's it's there. It's free of charge. Now, just to, to give you the, the ins and outs of that, the Demolition News podcast, uh, Demolition News Radio, is available pretty much everywhere. It's three years old now. There's 200-plus episodes there. Um, so there's hours and hours of content that you can listen to on the move, in the car, wherever you happen to be. It's on you, It's on iTunes. It's on Google Play. It's on Spotify. Pretty much any podcast platform that you care to mention, you will find it. You can even ask... I have to say this bit quietly. You can even ask Alexa to play it. She sat in the corner here and she does have a nasty habit of interrupting, but you can even play it through smart speakers as well. Our diggers and dozers uh, podcast is slightly different in that it's, it's still fairly new and it hasn't actually made it through the iTunes approval process quite yet. Um, you can get it on Spotify. You can um, get it on a few other platforms as well. Um, but your best bet is to go to anchor.fm and search for diggers and dozers. Obviously, being diggers and dozers, it's primarily um, equipment-related. But we, we have a show on there called What's My Ride? And What's My Ride is basically discussions with operators um, who give a, a fairly unique perspective on the industry. You know, they, these are the guys at the sharp end, much as our, our nurses and doctors are at the sharp end of the, of the COVID crisis. Um, they do give a unique perspective. So if you, if you have a moment, if you've got time to spare, if you've got nothing better to do, if you want to fill a few hours – um, as I say, Demolition News or uh, Diggers and Dozers. And also check out Peter's podcast as well. Um, Peter's are pretty good long-form um, podcasts as well. And he he's very sort of technology-based. So if you want to get an indication of, of the way the industry is headed, assuming we come out at the, uh, at the other end of this crisis, um, that's a pretty good place to start as well. His podcast is also on Anchor, and it's called Content with Media. Um, we, we've had uh, people coming and going throughout this um, Unfortunately, we haven't had any comments, so I'm going to encourage that when we go ahead. One of the things that, that I, I want to make clear is the fact that this is going to be a daily. Um, my plan is to do this every day. We will, as a the way these things work out, I'll probably end up repeating myself after a while. But I think we're, we're in a, a situation at the moment where we all need to rally together. And if rallying together means that I've got to sit here with a stupid pair of headphones on and a microphone, pressed under my nose and talk to you um hopefully talking to you and not just talking to myself then that's exactly what i'll do my plan is to do this every day until the covid crisis blows over so if there's anything you'd like us to discuss if you'd like to be on the show um all you need is a computer and a webcam and we can get you on the show like that very very easy um so if you'd like to be part of it if there's something you'd like to discuss if you if you think there's something we're missing if you think my hat looks ridiculous, let us know. Um, as I say, my plan is to do this daily. We're going to do it at 3 o'clock every afternoon because I'm not at my best in the morning. Um, I think that pretty much wraps up the first show. I really appreciate those that have stuck around. I, uh, thanks a lot for Peter for, for calling in and, and, and giving his, his take on, on the current situation. Uh, I guess my final point is um, stay safe. It sounds like a ridiculous and trite thing to say in the demolition industry where obviously we, we each live with um, risks and hazards on a day-by-day -day basis. But we're in a, a new normal now. Um, wearing PPE, by and large, doesn't help. Um, hard hats don't prevent the COVID crisis. So stay safe. Go and have a look at demolitionnews.com. Have a look at what Stefano Panseri has to say about the Italian experience. Um, if you're a demolition company owner or principal, 
think very, very hard about whether you need to be at work or your workers need to be at work. Um, do the sensible thing, follow the government's advice, follow the NHS advice, um, and all things being equal, I'll see you here again tomorrow at 3 p.m. Um, I'm saying that just in my, my head. It's just occurred to me that I, this is being recorded. It will go onto YouTube and be posted on Demolition News. So effectively, we'll be on, on our Facebook page at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. But please stay safe, uh, keep watching, keep in touch, uh, drop us a line if you've got anything you'd like to say. Until then, see you soon. Cheers.